0: I don't have to earn my way to heaven. Uh, I always remember Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. It's by grace you have been saved. It's not anything you do. God gives this to you freely, and uh, you do not have to earn your way to heaven. God gives it to us, and he sent his son to uh, bear, his, bear the sins of all of us for that purpose and we should appreciate that. Uh, I know I talked with another friend from church and she said, the Lutherans really don't know how well off they are, because when you come from another denomination, you you really don't realize the, the precious things that the Lutheran faith teaches you, that you don't have to work and, and appreciate it. Appreciate it, appreciate it, because heaven is a wonderful place to look forward to.
1: When you're a pastor, you meet wonderful people of faith. And oftentimes you are humbled. Any pastor I know would say the same thing. We're humbled by the faith of the people we visit with. We hear stories about Trusting in God in times of war or economic stress or loss. We see examples of love of a husband and wife that are extraordinary. We hear words of wisdom and simple trust that they have in the Word of God. And then, just like that, they are called to be with Jesus. I miss hearing those voices of faith, and it also makes me sad that in some cases these voices of faith now sing in glory in the presence of Jesus, but here on this earth are no longer heard. As I've been working on the Clerical Heirs podcast, I realized I can do something about that, and today is my first attempt to preserve these voices, these enduring voices of faith this is Melba
0: oh uh, how are you today
1: she's the one that's playing the piano behind me and this is her
0: story I have been thoroughly blessed my parents taught Sunday school the entire time I lived with them my father was the choir director for 25 years and he started teaching Sunday school immediately after he came from nebraska to live with his uncle and um we just always had religion in our home we had the hurlbut story of the bible i would sit on the reservoir uh during the winter nights and read all the old testament stories about samson and delilah and all those all those uh exotic people and um Learned learned an awful lot there, and we sang a lot in our home.
1: Melba feels blessed to simply live in a home where the Bible was taught, to live in a family that went to church. Music was also very important to her family growing up.
0: I played the piano by ears, so my dad would have me play something for him, and then he would sing, and he had a terrific tenor voice, and so he could hold a note forever, it seemed like.
1: That upbringing was precious to Melba, but it was a special friend that uh, introduced her to the Lutheran Church.
0: When I went to college, I was searching for a Reformed church, which was where I was baptized and married, and uh, found a Presbyterian. That did not suit me. So my college roommate was a Lutheran, a Missouri-centered Lutheran, and she played the organ in uh, the hall at Cedar Falls where they held their services. So I went along with Joni, and uh, I liked their church very much, and we went to the youth center and Dr. Uh, Reverend Bramer was in charge there, and we had more fun at the youth center. We had had uh, Halloween parties. We had every kind of just come down there and study and visit with the rest of the kids. And so it wasn't uh, strange for me to become a Lutheran because my, my husband was a Lutheran, and he expected me to become a Lutheran. and uh, I took instruction from uh, Pastor Kellerman. I was the only student, so I could ask him any questions I wanted to, and uh, one of the main ones that always kind of bothered me, I said I wanted to know what good works were. I said if somebody pulls me out of a ditch with my car, that's a good work, and he said no, that's not necessarily a good work. Our good works are what please God, and and, uh, we do that in faith to uh, respond to what God has done for us. So I learned a lot from from Reverend Kellerman about the Lutheran faith, and uh, I have been a Lutheran ever since. So that was uh, 65 years ago that I joined the Lutheran church. And I have gone to probably every Bible study we've had and uh, been in church every Sunday as much as I possibly can. So uh, that's the story of my story.
1: Amongst our older generation, there's a strong sense of community within the church that in many ways is it's kind of lost.
0: Christian fellowship is very important, too. I have belonged to Lady's Aid all my life. In fact, it was kind of funny. Um, my husband's aunt said, Melba, you go to go to uh, Lady's Aid with your mother-in-law. I'll keep the kids. And uh, I said, no, Clara, you don't need to do that. And she said, yes, you go. So I started at a very young age, even in Lady's Aid, And uh, Clara helped me do that. She tended my children, because I had three children in three and a half years. (laughs) And it uh, was a little bit of a job, I mean, uh, to get where you needed to go and, and to set aside the time to do those.
1: Melba took a moment to talk about a difficult time. The simple trust in God gave her perspective.
0: The time when I lost my father, he uh, died on a Sunday morning, uh, he always got up, he he uh, wrote a lot of letters to the editor, and he got up and he told my mom, well, my letter wasn't in the paper today, and he went back to bed and he passed away. And so my mom called and said, well, your dad is gone, and he was 64 which was pretty young. And uh, I had a baby two months old, but we were there for mom. And uh, later on, he weighed 286 pounds. My mother probably weighed 140. And I figured there was no way she could have taken care of him. And he would have been a bear in the nursing home. So God took him he was prepared, he was ready, and it probably was the best thing in its own way. And looking back, uh, it worked out because uh, just everything worked out together. We, we were there for Mom, and, and she'd come and stay with us every other week and help tend my babies. <laughs> when i when i was busy with other things where she would take care of my children so and she was a good strong christian so.
1: there are some things that confuse melba
0: i cannot understand uh why people are so apathetic about god they keep ta- telling us that more and more people are turning away from God. The millennials say, oh, I can do my own thing. And the time comes when you have to face God. You just, you're going to have to face him. And you're going to have to answer for how you have lived your life. And when you constantly turn away from him, you are hurting yourself particularly. And others as well, because your witness is not there for them.
1: People like Melba have a voice. Put yourself in Melba's shoes for a moment. She believes in the Bible. She believes that Jesus is the only way to salvation. But she also knows that people don't want to hear it from her.
0: That It's important. And um, their, their salvation is important to me and i I wish they would would go. I wish they would turn sometimes they'd just slough you off and say, "Well, let's not talk about that. That's just religion. You're not supposed to talk about religion and politics, so just leave it alone so and uh i I try to be tactful. I have written a lot of edited letters to the editor and uh, some of those have religious connotations that are running our country and uh, keep them in our prayers all the time because they're facing dangerous, dangerous times.
1: When asked about what she looked forward to most about heaven, it didn't take long for Melba to answer.
0: Singing. Singing with all the the uh, chorus of people who've gone to heaven before, I think praising God around the throne would be. Um, when we were at the installation of Rob Ricard, uh, we all there were twelve ministers singing at full tilt, and and I was singing as loud as I could too, and I think everybody in that church just raised their. Praises us to heaven, and I thought, how glorious it'll be when all of us are in heaven praising God. So that's one of my things. I guess music is my thing.
1: <laughs> Melba then talked about faithfulness to the Word of God, and she points out that it's not just about the pastor, but it's also the people, the congregation.
0: You have to be aware of what your Bible says, and to know if you are right or wrong, and if you are wrong, then be willing to be straightened out. The people have to keep, keep track of the pastor just as much as he has to keep track of them. <laughs> yes, it's, it's very important, and to be in the words so that you know what those words say.
1: And when she was asked if she would be willing to confront her pastor, me, this is what she said.
0: Probably, <laughs> maybe you wouldn't like it. Oh, I think you would. <laughs> no, we. Um, I think you've been very faithful to us, and uh, I think that's that's good for us. And uh, God knows when His pastors are doing His work.
1: Melba also provides encouragement.
0: We always think about the numbers, churches some of these uh churches that are on the air, you know, getting getting members. We need more members or we gotta have something to tempt people to come. We've gotta have oh, we've gotta have more jazzy music or or we've got to have plays or we've got to have something to get the people interested. But God's word is God's word and it is a blessing in and of itself. And uh that is the most important part, and if your pastor gives you that word, then you are blessed, and and you don't need all the fancy things.
1: Melba also took time to talk about her early days as a wife.
0: Well, when my husband and I started farming, we didn't really have any money. <laughs> so we had small equipment and uh, I was a teacher, and so I was going to be a substitute teacher. And he said, "Well, why don't you just stay home and help me with a farm? I think we'd gain just as much if you help me, because I would help him sort hogs, and and I had 500 chickens, and I would butcher roosters in the fall, and and we we worked together. We would if we sold hogs, we'd go together and. And I would back up the pickup and, and, I don't know, everything. We just did things together and and uh, it was a happy time because I wasn't a farm girl to start with. I had to learn to drive the tractor and, um, well, I was no more than married and uh, I got got uh, conned <laughs> into driving the tractor for the hay fork and there were two apple trees, one on each side, and I was supposed to get between them. It uh, wasn't the easiest thing with a rope between the wheels. And, but you know, my husband was very patient teaching me. <laughs> and uh, one time I had a ride on a hog, uh, sorting hogs. A uh, sow came underneath and just took me along. So I learned you don't, you don't mess with them. Cause they're stronger than you are. So, um, yes, I, I learned a lot about farming. I learned about taking care of my my family. Uh, I even cut my husband's hair. Uh, I told him, I said, when we first got married, I, he got his hair cut and I said, uh, I think I could do that. Well, he went and bought a barber set. so. <laughs> said, okay, you can cut it from now on. So, so I did that, but uh, we shared pretty much in everything and uh, we never had a big farm. We, uh, we had enough, we didn't need any more. Uh, we had enough to feed our family and we, could, we didn't have to work on Sunday. We could uh, get our work done in the week's time and have time to go to church on Sunday and uh, we still had each other we had our family we had our our uh, our bible our study we god hasn't changed he still loves us and uh, so uh i would say pretty much that that has stayed the same god is still there he hasn't changed
1: here she talks about marriage.
0: You put your other person first, and maybe it isn't always easy, but uh, my husband was one that would call in the door, Tootie, I need you now. The cows are out or whatever, and so you might be in the middle of baking a cake, but uh, you go. And uh, my mother and dad found that out too. If my dad needed her she went. She didn't say, "Oh, I'm going to do this first, or you've got to wait until I have time." Uh, you just do it, and uh, I don't know. We never had misunderstandings very much on that part because um, it was just something we did from the beginning. So <laughs> we worked. We worked together all the time. I mean. If we sold a hogs, I went along with him to Iowa Falls, and and then when uh, I'd drive the pickup away and he'd go get the check, and I don't know, we just, we never had problems working together. And uh, when it was put bales up in the barn, I drove the tractor for that, or, or I drove for the baler, or uh, he worked with his dad and brother some of the time, but. Uh, if we got in a pinch, it was always, Mom, come out and help. So, And I did not like putting rings in pigs' noses, either. <laughs> that was the worst.
1: Mambo's love for others also includes her care for the little ones, particularly when it comes to infant baptism.
0: We have God the Father... He's our Creator. We have God the Son. He's our Redeemer. But we have God the Holy Spirit and He's the one that plants faith in our hearts. And if we don't baptize our children and let that Holy Spirit come in, what are we doing? We are really denying our children one of the most important things there is. Because that Holy Spirit nourishes them all their life.
1: One thing Melba likes is poetry and she likes to use poetry as a way of remembering things but also as a way of encouraging others she she writes poetry for others because she loves them
0: oh i have written write, written quite a few about faith uh how people say well i'll do it my own way uh I can come to Jesus when I want to. I can do it my own way. And I say, no, you can't, no, you can't. Jesus is the one that gives it to you. And um, probably, oh, I probably have 50 poems that have something to say about faith. And um, so, yeah, I I write about faith a lot and uh, all sorts of things. I lost a, a nephew when he was four and a half years old. He had asthma really bad and and uh, they gave him penicillin and he went into convulsions and passed away really quickly. So uh, for his brothers and sisters, or brother and sisters, I wrote poetry about their brother. And um, so many of the poems I wrote about him help them know what their brother was like and uh, i also wrote about their mom and dad so that that they would uh, know how it affected them etc So,
1: at the end of the podcast i will play some unedited discussion with melba including some of her poetry i would like at some point to do more of these so, well, pastors, if you're listening and you would like to do something like this, get a hold of me. You can find us on our website, www.clericalerrors.org, or you can email us at voicesoffaith at and We're also on Facebook and Twitter. We hear many precious voices. Let them be heard.
0: The fact that God loves me, and uh, I can take all my cares to Him, and I don't need to worry if I'm going to die. I'm going to die, and I'll be with Him. And uh, uh, I faced I faced an aneurysm. I faced a serious gallbladder operation, and uh, I've had asthma and things like that that curtail activities. But uh, God is there, and uh, He answers our prayers. I know He answers my prayers, so uh, I just don't have to worry.
1: Special thanks to you, Melba, from the Clerical Heirs Podcast.
0: This is uh, about Evelyn, who was our organist for many years. A lady whose talent never runs dry when good ideas are needed. Though God created all of us, it seems your gifts succeeded those given to all of us, common folk. Whatever you find to do is done, no matter what the task, with excellence through and through. Your food is tasty and so good, your music delights the soul. Your children call you blessed, you have an important role. In oh so many people's lives, you've helped them through their woe. Your church work shows you love and care for everyone you know. As you feel God's love flow through you, even on dark and gloomy days, in due time when Jesus comes, you'll get to sing his praise. A blessed and happy birthday as another year goes by. May God grant you his grace and strength to keep his banner high. With love and thankfulness, I write this little poem, It's True. We've shared so much throughout our life. God gave me a gift in you. And this lady was on her 78th birthday. Our husbands were cousins, and we weren't related, but we we had very, very similar tastes. (laughs) So, And then I wrote another one for her when she uh, retired as organist. Good music brings delight, and you have talent and insight to always present the best in every way. Very few can do or say things in such a tactful way so happiness prevails in each one's heart. Our thanks to you we bring for helping us to sing our praise to God in many different ways. Best wishes now to you for continued blessings through His Word and song resounding in your life. So, anyway,
1: that's nice.
0: Yeah, I was I was gonna find the one on. Oh, have. See the kids challenged me to write a a poem every day. And uh I guess this was one of them. I thought about but okay. Other night without a prayer. The world we knew is upside down. Fear flourishes everywhere. Our flags fly high, but car- hearts not changed will die without a prayer. Unless repentance comes, we are sinners all condemned. But since Christ died for all, his love we'd recommend. As balm for loneliness and woe for torment of any kind, faith in your Lord, you'll be restored as peace comes to your mind. No, We went out to Jane's boys' confirmation, and uh, the kids challenged me to write a poem every day, so I wrote a poem every day.
1: Is there the one that you talked about? You wrote about your uh, to your nieces and nephews, or any of those in there?
0: Well, there's about Donnie. He was pretty precious to me because I was only eleven when he was born, and uh, I took care of him. My sister had asthma so bad, so. I wrote one about Howard, and a long life together, about my dad, <laughs> and a story about my brother Rob. There's when Kathy was born. There's one to my eldest child. <laughs> I think these probably are more personal than than uh, I right. really want to put in there.
1: Right. How about the the long life together? Because we talked a little bit about marriage. Yeah,
0: sixty one years ago today, Howard and I were wed with family all right there except for Rob, who was at Harvard, but in his place Mary did her share. She made and decorated our wedding cake and was giving me advice on how to be a pampered bride with a nap and beauty treatment nice. Of course, I still had pneumonia, so maybe I could use a bit of rest, and I remember in the afternoon I crawled for a while into my nest. After getting the flowers from Howard's folks, Mrs. Campman then took over, arranging them in baskets beautifully, and everyone worked undercover. So our wedding was a lovely time, and the families got well acquainted when we took off on our honeymoon with a car well decorated. Those years went by so quickly, almost in the blink of an eye, and we did so much together during those years, this girl and her farmer guy. was Mrs. Kent, and She arranged the flowers. <laughs> so we only had twenty nine people at our wedding. Wow. So so the kids all got acquainted and see my dad said, Your sister your sister got married, they just went and took their attendance and went to the minister. That was back during depression times. Yeah. So you do the same. But Howard's grandma said no. Nope. I'm gonna be at that wedding, so so we had to have Grandma at the wedding. Well, if we're going to have Grandma, then we'd better have the folks right so
1: what do you remember about the depression?
0: The depression well, we always had just almost enough to eat, never too much. We fought over the food, <laughs> but it was. It was a hard time because my dad worked in the bank, and the bank closed. And what little money he had invested in, in uh, uh, shares in the bank had to go to pay off the, the creditors. So we were worse off than anybody, really. Mm-hmm. So my dad worked on farms. He, he helped. Uh, shot well. We all shocked oats. And my brother picked up coal along the railroad track, and my other brother went and lived with uh, my dad's uncle for a while on the farm so he could help them out there.
1: What kind of lessons did you learn from your father during that time?
0: Well, we never wasted one thing, not one thing. And, uh, no, Dad, Dad, uh, he provided for us, and... uh, We ate a lot of muffins, we ate a lot of pancakes, we ate a lot of bacon ends, but we didn't, uh, and I had one pair of shoes a whole year, and I got corns on my toes from those uh, shoes because they were too tight. But we went barefoot all summer and uh, ran all over town playing with our friends, but we never, we were never in feeling bad or anything, we just did our thing
1: (laughs) so all right i guess uh i think we've got enough here is there anything else you'd like to say anything any topic you'd like to think is important to say
0: well pray for our nation we uh we have been so blessed god has blessed us and Will he continue? We need to repent. We we need uh, Chronicles seven fourteen. Is it where he says, "If you will turn from your ways and and believe on me, I will bless you." And and uh, if all of us would do that, God would bless our land. And uh, that's one of my favorites. So. Here's my first poem if you quiver and you shiver when the daylight's getting thinner if you ache and shake and blow with a head not full of snow if you're aloof and condescending on others never ending that's this poet's interpretation of cold <laughs> <laughs> Donna said just take a book take a word out of the dictionary <laughs> so that was my first poem
1: Thank you for joining us. This podcast is available on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Questions, thoughts, concerns? You can contact us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Podcast, On Twitter at p for podcast or email us at feedback at clericalheirs.org. Thanks for listening to Clerical Heirs. See you next time.